This is the second episode in a two-part uh, little podcast run we're doing here, me and Katie, uh, on some spiritual disciplines. We're talking about Bible reading and fasting. Last episode was Bible reading. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, we'd encourage you to do that. Uh, this episode is going to be all about fasting, and the reason we picked these two topics is because our church starts with 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we know a lot of people are motivated at the beginning of the year to have more time with God or feel closer to God or be more spiritually disciplined, which those are great things. But these are also topics that Katie and I are very passionate about, and so I wanted to get her take on a lot of these things because I respect uh, the the way that she... I was going to say respect the way you fast, but that's not the right way to say it. I respect the way that you try to prioritize spiritual disciplines, and one of those is fasting. So uh, that's what this episode is all about, is fasting. And I think it's a little different from Bible reading, Katie, because I think a lot of people, even if they don't read the Bible, they're familiar with reading the Bible or feel like they should read the Bible, and it's, there's not as much intimidation or maybe it's not taboo or maybe even just uneducated on the topic. But when it comes to fasting... There's a whole different animal because so many people, unless you grew up in, um, I, I was going to say a charismatic kind of Pentecostal, but that's not true. I mean, everybody kind of goes about it a different way. But my point is, is like, unless you grew up in a home or a church that fasting was an emphasis, most modern Christians have no real context or, or education on the idea of fasting. Um, and so when I say fasting, let's just start right there. When I say fasting, I'm specifically talking about abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Fasting is not Christian, uh, it's not exclusively Christian. There are fitness plans that fast. There are non-Christian religions that fast. So it's not exclusively Christian. But Christians have been fasting throughout history uh, all the way back to, to um, Moses, Really, I don't think there's any before Moses, but from Moses through the Old Testament to Jesus, Jesus fasted, the Apostle Paul fasted, the disciples fasted, Jesus said when you fast, not if you fast, in Matthew chapter 6, um, the, he said the disciples, when he leaves, the disciples would fast. So, so fasting, nobody really argues that we should be fasting in some way or, or another, but the, the challenge is how do we do that? And so, Katie, tell me a little bit about your experiences with fasting. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about your past on the Bible reading episode, but you grew up Catholic, which mm -hmm. means you had Lent. Yes. So, like, what, what like what was your idea of fasting? What, what, How did you practice that? What was that well, like? Well, Lent was just something that we did every year, and I never really understood why. Like, I didn't even know why it was 40 days long. You know, I didn't know. It was just... Why is it 40 days long? Because Jesus is 40 days in the wilderness. You sure about that? I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, no, you're yeah, right. I, go I, I, read that. I Googled it just to make sure, but that is right. It wasn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and it leads up to Easter, you know. And so um, it was something that like, okay, go give something up. Um, and, uh, you know, a few times I, I would give up lying. Like, what is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> does that mean I can lie after? I'm so confused, you know. Um, but as a kid, like, it was just hard to understand. And then uh, fish fries on Friday because you couldn't have meat on Friday. There was no, like understand why we were doing it but now I have a lot more respect for it now that I understand but that was you know my upbringing and then um probably like maybe seven or eight years ago um you and I were talking or we were having something going on I was in like a small group or something like that and you had talked about how Jesus said you know when you fast and so I was like okay I'm gonna try this you know 24 hours here we go 24 hours, no food. No food. Just liquids. Just liquids. Okay. 
hardest day ever. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea how, you know, much my brain thinks about food when, you know, like, oh, I'm not supposed to be thinking about food, but all I want to do is think about food. And so that was just eye opening for me on, um, lots of different reasons and stuff. And so, but that was my first one. It was like, it was definitely 2014 now that I think about it. Um, and so, but then it was, I wouldn't say it was like most remarkable thing ever, but right. it was something that I did. But then later, um, it became more of a practice that I kind of go to. So whenever I need to really slow down time and spend time with Jesus. Yeah, I, I always tell people if if you feel like you don't have enough time in life, yeah. fast or pay off student loans because <laughs> time slows so down true. to a halt. But um, so you said practice. You said the word practice, which mm-hmm. is a key key word in this because when it comes to spiritual disciplines, we don't master them. We practice them, mm-hmm. and fasting is is a spiritual discipline. Uh, it's it's one of many spiritual disciplines. It's not the only one, um, and it's debated kind of how many spiritual disciplines there are. But Dallas Willard and a lot of people, but Dallas Willard specifically, who is somebody that I love, um, he kind of breaks the the spiritual disciplines down into two categories. And uh, in his categories, there are, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, seven, one, two, three, four, eight. There's 15 in in his list. I was going to say 14, but I had to count them there. 15. And he breaks them down into disciplines of abstinence and disciplines of engagement. Let me just give these to you real quick. So um, he says that either taught in the Bible or modeled by church fathers, your disciplines of abstinence are solitude, silence, fasting, frugality, chastity, secrecy, and sacrifice. We don't have time to get into all those, but those are the disciplines of abstinence. And then the disciplines of engagement are study, worship, celebration, service, prayer, fellowship, confession, and submission. And so as we're talking about fasting, we're only talking about one of 15 historical, biblical, uh, spiritual disciplines. But one of the reasons it's so important is because food plays such a huge role um, in our life. And so uh, spiritual disciplines are just any activities that make us more capable of receiving more of God's life and God's power. That's another Dallas Willard definition. Activities that make me more capable of receiving more of God's life and God's power, little caveat, without harming myself or others. So we're not trying to harm ourselves. But we're trying to do activities and do things that make us more available and more aware and more capable of receiving. We talked a lot about receiving in the last episode, God's life and God's power. And so fasting, emptying ourselves of food, we do that for a very specific purpose. It's not to torture ourselves. Uh, you know, it's not to lose weight, even though that's a great benefit of fasting. Uh, we do it so that we can receive more of God's life uh, and God's power. And, and that is what makes, the motivation is what makes it so, uh, so important. Why you fast and why you do any of the spiritual disciplines is what makes it so important. And so you said your first start, Katie, you said was 24 hours. I know that since then you've done a lot of different ways. I know a lot of our leaders, you know, fast in a lot of different ways. And then also when it comes to fasting, people say, well, I'm going to fast social media. Or I'm going to fast you know, technology, and I think that's great to abstain from those those things, but historically, fasting is food, mm-hmm. and I know that's something that we don't want to be sticklers about, but we try to be sticklers about, you and I both, is that, like, you can abstain from anything, mm-hmm. but we encourage people to fast food because historically, that's how it's done, and that's what fasting yeah. means. 
Um, Where and, like technology might fall under the other spiritual disciplines, like yeah. frugality or silence or silence or something like that. Solitude, is getting specific. away. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So um, motivation is key. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know for me, I can't speak for you, but I know for me, there have been times where I have attempted to fast for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. or uh, I didn't, I wouldn't have admitted that at the time, but you know, it was, they're just, my, my heart was not in the right place in trying to do that. Um, and then other times it has felt very led by God. And I've done that for different periods, you know, some longer um, than others, but the, con- the, the, what's been consistent through each of those experiences has been, it's hard. Yeah. The consistent factor or the mm-hmm. consistent fact is it's just hard and it doesn't get easier. I mean, you know, maybe self-discipline gets a little stronger, but it doesn't get easier. And I think sometimes Katie, especially when people are getting started in fasting, the fact that they're really hungry makes them feel like they're doing it wrong or they're not spiritual enough because like if they love God more, they wouldn't be so hungry. Mm. But that's absurd. Absurd. That's not the way that it works. Jesus was hungry. Love that Bible verse. (laughs) Jesus goes into the desert to fast and it says he fasted 40 days and he was very hungry. He was very hungry. So if when you're fasting, you're very hungry, you're being like Jesus. Yes. Um, And so don't like the shame, guilt things got to go. We're receiving you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to receive from God. Mm-hmm. We're not doing things out of obligation, obviously. Um, Jesus had a huge issue with that in the Gospels when people would come to him and try to do things out of obligation. We want to make a commitment to something because we want to receive. Uh, but the motivation really matters. It really, really matters. So let's talk, Katie, about maybe the wrong motivations, mm-hmm. why we don't fast, and then we'll spend a little bit of time talking about why we do fast. But you start us out. What are some reasons we shouldn't fast? What are some wrong motivations for, for fasting? I think, I mean, I guess the first one would be that we're not fasting to like somehow manipulate God. Like I'll fast this amount of time, God, if you, you know, do this or some genie in a bottle type trick thing where we're trying to get God to do something for us. However, you know, we do pray for big things to happen, um, but it's no, not a, the motivation is not to manipulate God in any kind of way because our desire is to want his desires more than ours anyway. Right. That's really hard to, that's really hard to keep in focus because there is this sense of, I mean, God, like I, I didn't eat, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> like I totally gave up food. And so like, I'll go big, God, you go big is this mm-hmm. idea. And what's tricky about that is that great miraculous things do tend to happen connected to fast. That's true. So let me just be really careful because I always want to clarify, like um, we're not saying that you give up lunch and three o'clock that afternoon, you know, you find a check for a thousand dollars. That's not what we're saying at all. We're, but we are saying that like, I know for me, and I think I know your stories well enough to know that when we look back on our lives, we see meaningful things connected to the fasting times of our life. Mm-hmm. But but we don't go into a fast saying, I'm going to pull the lever and, you know, slot machine God is going to give me what I want. I mean, I, I think about um, the story about where my daughter Sadie was healed. She had a cyst on her tongue that was sticking out and causing speech impediment and bleeding and all these things. And she was, uh, I think she was eight years old, I think. Yeah. Um, and we, as we were doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, I was fasting for 21 days, just liquids, no food. And one of my prayers was, God, 
heal Sadie. And there, if I'm being honest, there was this feeling in me of like, come on, God, like I'm fasting 21 days. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm practically Moses and Jesus. Here. <laughs> come on, God, like I'm doing this thing. And my heart was really, I felt like I was twisting God's arm because I was being awesome. So God, you kind of owe me. And we went through the 21 day fast and nothing happened. And I was like, sure, man, God's going to heal her tongue before this thing's over. And it actually got worse. It kept Mm -hmm. swelling. And, you know, long story short, like three months later, after I'd forgotten about it, God miraculously healed Sadie's tongue and just amazing, amazing thing that God did. But I, but I still don't say like, oh, God healed her because I fasted. Right. No way. But I think of other times, you know, transitions here at the church or me and, you know, my life or ministry or Andrea or our kids. When we look back in hindsight, we go, oh, like I totally see how God was using that fast in some way, but I was not using that fast. God was using it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Any, any, like what have been, do you, have you struggled with that feeling like, you know, I think about the story in the Old Testament where Saul, where uh, Samuel told Saul, like, God would rather have obedience than sacrifice. Mm. But there is this sense, I'm wondering if you have wrestled with this, of like, God, how awesome am I doing right now with my sacrifice? <laughs> well, um, I think all of us will kind of wrestle with that through, the, you know, because we are human. Um, and so, yeah, there are definitely times. So I've had multiple extended fasts and then also like one days where I'm like, God, I need you to sell my car, you know? And <laughs> And then I'm like, okay, that was not supposed. I'm not going to eat. You sell the car. (laughs) Right. And so, but that wasn't necessarily like, okay. But then through the fast, God realigned my heart to be like, all right, Katie, you need to like wait on me and trust me. So it had its benefits of like, okay, I'm realigning my heart. I'm emptying myself up to be able to receive God and say, okay, the car really isn't that big of a deal. That's such a great point you make that fasting it's not about getting what we want. It's so often it's about changing what we want. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And like, as you fast, you, your, your desires change, mm-hmm. you know, they really do. So that's, that's a huge one. We could talk about that all day. We don't have time to do that, but that we just have to be careful that that pride, you know, Jesus said, um, Matthew six, he said, you know, when you fast, comb your hair, don't look awful. Don't walk around being like, yeah, I'm fasting. I'm fast. He wasn't saying no one can know. He wasn't saying it has to be a secret and like nobody can know. But he was saying that that feeling of wanting people to know you're awesome, yeah, like that's the only reward you'll ever get. And so we got to be careful that we don't fast to to somehow pat ourselves on the back or get something that we want from God. I jumped ahead a little bit. The second reason is to impress other people. We don't want to fast to impress other people. Going back to that Matthew six, and so we're not trying to impress God. That's the first thing. But then secondly, we're not trying to impress other people. And this is why Jesus said when it comes to prayer and when it comes to fasting, get away because what you do in private, God's going to reward. And so uh, reward, you know, sometimes publicly and other times not. But if we do these spiritual things to get pat on the back, then that is the reward that we're going to get. That's what he's teaching us in Matthew chapter six. And so you have to be really careful. And one of the ways we've had to be careful with this, I say we, because I know this has been your story as well is there are times when you're doing extended fasts where you go to a meal and like there's people eating out or somebody comes over to your house or you have a church meeting and people bring food and everyone is like, why aren't you eating? Yeah. Are you going to eat? Why aren't yeah. you eating? What's going on? Are you not going to eat? And like, you don't want to make a big deal about it, but people are like, what's going on? And you're like, um, I'm fasting. You're yeah. fasting. Yeah. What, what, is, what, is, what are you like? What's going on? And, and then you're talking about it. And, and pride just sneaks in mm-hmm. subtly, and it's like, 
wow, Katie, you're just so much spiritual than everybody else because you're fasting and then they're impressed and then, they, you know, and it's all this stuff and, and we kind of get away from um, what God's wanting us to do. Yeah. So, you know, what have been your experiences with the dangers of trying not to kind of make your fasting experience public to people? Well, that's the hard part is, you know, especially because I do have a lot of family things or whatever going on in the beginning of the year. Or I remember a couple of times I like had like my sister-in-law's baby shower, you know? Yeah. And so, but because I was in charge, I was just constantly refilling the food just to try to, try to distract from it. But I have to honestly spend time praying beforehand. Be like, God, whoever needs to notice because they need like to know you better or more or know what's going on or, have, you know, insight questions about fasting, let them know. But like, other than that, like, I don't want anybody, I'm not trying to impress anybody. And if there is anything in me that is, please remove that from me right now, because the goal isn't to impress people. Um, it's just more of just spending time with Jesus whenever I'm hungry and you're hungry a lot. When you're <laughs> That's fasting. right. We're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, let me give you one more reason, uh, false, you know, bad motivation is to torture yourself for Jesus. And I think there's different degrees of this. Obviously, there are kind of these fringe sects of religion where, you know, we believe God's will is to be tortured. That's not what we believe, but that, you know, that's kind of the fringe. But then as you move back in, there is this idea that when it comes to chastity or sacrifice or frugality or any of those things and fasting, that the idea is that God wants us to be miserable because somehow misery is the spiritual virtue. Yeah. Um, most of the time, the reason we're miserable is because we have been too of the world, mm -hmm. so to speak, or we, the misery is not God. The misery is us kind of de-worlding, de detoxing a little bit, but there, but God is not up in heaven going like, how can I make them suffer? How can I make torture them? How can I make them miserable? And so we don't want to go into that mindset of like, okay, it's time for me to fast. I don't know. God wants me. God wants me miserable. God wants me to hurt. God wants, like, so I'm doing this for you, God. That's, you know, the Bible says he's our father mm -hmm. and, you know, he gives us good gifts and blessings come from him. And so it doesn't mean everything's going to be pleasurable, but it does mean that like torture is not the goal. So that's probably not, I don't know that that's a huge one for everybody, but that definitely needs to be put out there depending on your spiritual background. So we don't want to manipulate God. We don't want to try to impress other people. We don't want to torture ourselves. So the question is, what is our motivation to fast? Why, why are we talking about something that seems so archaic? Why is this such a big deal? So let's talk, Katie, about some, some of the right motivations, why we should fast. What, what are some reasons we should fast? Uh, the first one is because Christians have fasted since Abraham, since like the beginning of time almost, you know, yeah. Abraham, Jesus fasted. I think you said that earlier, but it's like, if Jesus did it, we need to practice it. You know, like if it's something that Jesus did, then it's something that we also need to prioritize to do. It takes, it's bold to say Moses did it, Elijah did it, Jesus did it, Paul did it. But I'm not. <laughs> but I don't need to do it. You know, <laughs> right. uh, uh, Augustine, uh, Augustine, Augustine, uh, Augustine, Billy Graham, mm -hmm. you know, these are, these guys fasted, but I don't need to do it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge one. It's like, it doesn't have to be romantic or sexy. It's just the fact that like, I am participating in the practice of what millions of people mm. have done for thousands of years. And there's something about belonging to that, which is so 
um, so important. So that's mm-hmm. a huge one. Yeah. We're being like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's another reason that we should fast, Katie? Um, it exposes our dependence and attachment to food. What do you mean by that? Oh, my goodness. Um, that you have no idea how attached you are to food until you fast. You know, have I mean, it is a constant something that you're thinking about all the time. Like, what's for lunch? What's for dinner? You know, or um, and it's just is showing you how much. I mean, you know, food is a gift from the Lord. Like we know that, right? But it becomes like we're so attached to it that we forget about Jesus sometimes. You will never think about food more than when you're fasting. There's no doubt about that. So true. No doubt about so that. True. And you know, for 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 so many of us, food is so emotional. Mm-hmm. It's attached to so many emotions. We don't realize one of the reasons fasting is so valuable is we, we, we don't realize until we remove it how much we depend on it for a stressful day at work. We come in and eat something, or boredom we eat, or you know relationships centered around the table, which that's not all bad. But um, you will crave food when you're fasting because most everyone who's listening to this, including me, like we're addicted to sugar, mm-hmm. we're addicted to caffeine. We're addicted to food, and it's a coping mechanism the same way that all these other substances that we classify as drugs or unhealthy, like we are addicted to things, and we we need them to get by. And so fasting removes that, and it exposes uh, that dependence. But it doesn't just expose our dependence on food, Katie. It also exposes what's happening inside of us. So where there's bitterness when you're fasting— it, it rises to the surface where there's anger, where there's unforgiveness, where there's jealousy. Like an empty stomach has a way of exposing everything else that's happening in your soul, uh, especially the longer the fast is. Mm-hmm. You really get into this and you're like, man, God's really dealing me on some stuff. And I can't make that go away with a good piece of pizza mm-hmm. or distracting myself. You know, um, I've actually, I wasn't going to plan on saying this, but I've actually started pairing my fasting with abstaining from uh, television Mm -hmm. because I've found that there have been seasons of extended fasts where I will use TV to get through the day because it's like, oh, I got a couple more hours before I can go to bed. Oh, watch a couple of shows. And then I'm, I'm instead of food escaping with food, I'm escaping with TV. Yeah. I've just recently started pairing those things together because I I can't hide. Mm -hmm. If I'm not eating and I can't watch something, I'm just fully exposed. And it's like, okay, God, like I got to deal with whatever you're, whatever you're dealing with, uh, with me. But are we saying, Katie, that that if somebody gives in and eats a cheeseburger that they don't love Jesus? No. They're fasting. They're like, hey, I'm going to no. do this thing, and then they quit. They don't make it to the end. Are we saying that they're going to hell? Absolutely not. No, no. I. Uh, but it is something to be said about being completely empty on the inside in order to, like, really experience, um, you know, a relationship with Jesus in a different way. Um, and like you said, it exposes so many things like hangry to a whole nother level, you know, but it really is humiliating. Yeah. (laughs) Like there is a humiliation aspect and God's not trying to humiliate us, Mm -hmm. but we do realize like, I am so weak, so So weak, (laughs) which is, this is such an important, this is Uh such an important part. Uh, One of the analogies I love to use is, um, when my kids, get toys for Christmas or their birthday and they're in the box and you undo the box and then they have like, if it's a doll or a soldier or something, they have those like uh, t- 
ties around the different parts of the box, around the ankles or the wrists, and you have to untie those to get them out. You know what I'm talking about? In a lot of ways, spiritual disciplines and fasting, it's like it's those ties being cut off, and food is one of the ways that we are really attached to the world. Mm-hmm. And it's it's cutting those ties, but it, it, there's a humiliating process of like, you know, I'm my kids are eating like goldfish, uh-huh. and I'm salivating. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what's wrong with you, <laughs> you weak weak man yeah goldfish like this is what we're doing goldfish or like nasty chicken nuggets like oven chicken nuggets i see you making big eyes that like Mm. you're it's like you're cooking for your kids like i don't even like this food and i am (laughs) i'll take anything salivating over like i'll eat white castle i just (laughs) god whatever you know because um it's exposing something about me uh let's what what's let's give one more reason what's another reason we should fast Another reason, where did it go, to fast is to create opportunities and experience more of God's presence. This is my favorite reason. We'll talk about it. So um, I just feel like it gives me more, honestly, more time. Like it really does. Your day slows down. Your week slows down. However long you do it, everything is slower. And you get to just be in the presence of the Lord in the morning instead of making breakfast or instead of, you know, obviously... Sometimes you start to make reference for your kids or whatever, right. but like, or then you get to just kind of be in God's presence during the times that you would be cooking or during the times that you would be eating, which is a lot more time than you even like think about, you know? Yeah. A lot uh, of our days filled up with and dishes. meals, <laughs> right? And dishes. Yeah. So, so if you're not eating, like you have a lot more time on your hands to be able to just really experience the presence of God through, you know, reading, which we talked about in the last um, episode. And then, just like worship, I mean, my goodness, worship level on or like maxed out in my house during fast because I gotta like get through um, on his strength, not mine. And so it's really, yeah, it's just something different about it and about being totally empty um, of the things of this world. You know, obviously you're still consuming other things, but with when it comes to food, like if you're empty, like you can just really receive God's presence in a whole new way. I can't explain it. Mm-mm. It's not, it's not something that is quantifiable, but prayer is different yep. when you're fasting. Worship is different when you're fasting. Uh, listening to sermons is different. I know for me as a preacher, like my sermons that I'm preaching are different. There are times when I'll go back and it's in the moment. I don't even notice it, but I'll go back and listen to a sermon from, you know, three, four years ago. And I'll know that like I was dear, I was doing an extended fast and like, you know, I'm going old school here. Everybody won't get this reference, but like, it's just anointed. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, that was different. And it's because it's coming from a place of spiritual hunger that maybe I normally don't have because I'm filled up on other things. And so we always have to put this clarifier out there. Maybe we shouldn't, but I always want to say like, Hey, we don't want to over promise and under deliver this romantic idea that it's just going to be this this blissful heavenly thing. It's going to be hard. But it's always in hindsight where you're like, man, I was closer to Jesus than I've ever been. Now, I will say like the caveat is I think sometimes when you just fast one meal or maybe even one day, not that one, I'm not saying that's not nothing. Like, please, if that's where you're starting, please do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. But I think sometimes the closer the finish line to the fast, you can kind of get distracted about you don't feel as close to Jesus. You're just counting down. You're already figuring out what you're going to eat. Right. And that's okay. We're not saying that's wrong, but it's yeah. like, if you're fasting just lunch, mm-hmm. awesome. Go sit in your car, pray. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, you're also like eating dinner at three forty-five, and in your head, you're like, what am I going to eat? 
I think when you start getting to like three day things like that, where it's like, man, I I can't run, I can't like take a nap and this be over. Mm-hmm. There is this sense of like, at some point you kind of settle in to God's presence. And so I'm not, please don't, I'm not putting down anybody who's doing a meal or a day, but I am saying that like, if your experience has been, yeah, I tried to give up a meal or try to give up a day a couple of times, it just didn't feel like anything. It may be that you're kind of distracting yourself, watching the clock and then just being done with it instead of allowing it to be a little more of a spiritual experience, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And a couple of things I know that some people have asked me before, like, well, how many days do you pick or whatever? I usually kind of stick with three, seven, 21, Mm -hmm. but also Jesus has to tell me (laughs) you're going to do 21 now because otherwise I would not get through it. Like it has to be like, if you know, tomorrow I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to do this, but I haven't like prayed and prepped and God said, yes, we're going to get through this together. Then I'll probably go like a day and then fail, you know? Right. I shouldn't say fail. Right. You know, start over. But, um, but also like you said, it is hard, you know, it is really challenging and it exposes so much about you. But then those are the moments where like you just fall on your face in your room. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but like, you're just like, I can't get through mm-hmm. right now. Like you're whenever, especially, you know, my family's eating and I can smell pizza in the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I am fully relying on Jesus in those moments to get through. Um, and then, you know, those moments I feel even closer to the Lord, even in the moments where it's really hard. So, yeah. Yeah. If you feel too busy, if you feel like you're not close to God, if you feel like any of these things, like fasting is a great way to pull you in because it, you can't hide and yeah. it just fully exposes you. We, we've been talking about that. But I want to say one other thing before we close this out, and that is, you know, we've talked about Bible reading and fasting. And I think if you zoom out for a little bit, you know, what we're not saying, Katie, is you should go through the motions and check the boxes of spiritual disciplines or spiritual habits. Right. Obviously, just doing them is is great. But we're talking about being a kind of person. We're talking about formation. We're talking about like we don't want, you know there's three levels there's what you what you should do what you do and what you want to do mm-hmm. and what we're asking God to help us do is become the kind of people who want to read our bible who want to fast not just people who know we should so we're just going to do it yeah there's a commitment level to it but don't hear this as okay I'm going to be the person I've always been but my pastor wants me to skip a meal so I'm going to do that what we're talking about is saying God will you begin to shape and form me into the kind of person who wants to do these types of things because mm-hmm. that's a game changer when you go from doing what you're being told to do to wanting to do these things. Not that you don't have desires to not do them or not that you, you know, as, as I'm thinking about my fast coming up at the beginning of this year, like I'm already negotiating with myself, trying to like ne- lower the standard, right? but I still want to do it. I'm just, mm-hmm. my flesh is kicking in and, and, and fighting with me. So don't just hear these as obligations, hear them as like, God inviting you into something so you can be in a receiving posture. Anything else you want to say to people about fasting? No, just, I mean, honestly, like you said, like we want you to want to do it. And if you do, then just take the step because it is something that you just can't describe via podcast and the experience that you have with with your relationship with Jesus in a way that's totally different than any other time. That would have been an interesting episode if we would have started and said, hey, this is an episode about fasting, but we can't describe it on a podcast, so episode over. <laughs> can't describe how you feel when you oh, fast. Just kidding. We did the best we could That's to right. describe it. Yeah. <laughs> you, it is something that has to be experienced. 
Correct. No doubt about it. Yeah. So we love you. We're praying for you. If you are fasting, we would love to hear about that experience. Not because, you know, I know Jesus said, don't tell people about it, but I think that's, he was making a different point, but we'd love to know your experiences if you've had that. And um, it's a big part of our life. We'd love for it to be a big part of yours. So hopefully you're starting the year with some type of fasting element, Bible reading element, and uh, we just want to encourage you to go for it. Mm -hmm. All right.